0: Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. Back again, y'all. On this show, I'm going to be talking about something that I know a lot of people out there have no clue about. Um, I've been doing this podcast for over a year now, and a lot of people uh, have become aware that I'm doing it. A lot of the guys that are locked up, so uh, every now and then, I'll get somebody that will come to me and ask me about the podcast, want to know what it's about, and can they uh be on it participate right and then I sit down I talk to them about whatever it is that they want to that they want to talk about and so on and so forth so I get some kind of feel before I make a decision about whether I'm going to uh, allow that or not because if they're not talking about anything that's going to be educational by the way of uh, uh, deterring somebody uh, from this lifestyle I'm not going to even bother right but the other day um, this is this guy that came to me and uh, I've never, I mean, I've heard of these thang, types of things going on in prison, but I've never talked to anybody that gave me a story that was so wrong. This guy um, that I'm talking about, he, he's he been in the system as, about as long as I have, and uh, he stepped to me, and he was telling me that he thinks that people need to know how easy it is in here. Well, He didn't say easy, but how a person can be manipulated and go against everything that they believe in when they come in here, right? Uh, and I was thinking that he's going to be talking about somebody who's, con- you know, continue to commit crime and stuff like that, or whatever the case may be, and rationalize why it's okay and all that. But that's not what he was talking about at all. He was talking about uh, how he got turned out. And when I say turned out, I mean how he was, uh, had gotten uh, involved in having sex with other men. And the way he laid the story out to me, I had never ever heard before. Uh, Some of the stuff he said I had heard, but not the way he laid it out to me. It was graphic, Uh, it was sad, and I hope that I can, um, I decided to do the show, as you can hear, but, and I hope that I can do it justice. I asked him to uh, share the story, but he, he didn't want to do that. He couldn't do it. So he wrote, you know, he wrote a letter, wrote it down for me. But I, I hope that I do justice. And uh, this is not for kids, y'all. Not this episode. It's going to be graphic. But it's not going to be graphic to uh, you know make the story more or anything like that because this is not what this is about. Uh, he wanted me to tell the details of how he was turned out and the process of it so that people would understand that and what it did to him psychologically so people would understand that uh, this environment is not the type of environment that you want to be in and there's some people in this environment that you do not want to be around. Because no matter what you think or what you believe, they will impose their will on you. There is that type of evil in the world. Uh, So let me just get to it, okay? This young man, I'm not going to call his name, um, his real name, but I will. I'm doing this with his permission. His name now is Jacqueline. That's not the name his mother and father gave. His name is Jacqueline and he goes by that. He goes by that. I asked him as far as like the um, pronouns and all this and that, he said that he's, he's really not caught up in that and here back in the day he said that wasn't a big deal so to, to him you know calling him he uh, he doesn't take offense to that or she he doesn't take offense to that but uh, so I don't want to be disrespectful to him or anybody else but this is the story, man. Um, when he came into the system, he was young. He said he was in his early 20s. Uh, he's in his 60s now, uh, early 60s. When he came into the system, he was in his early 20s. And back in that time, a lot of people were involving themselves in uh, that type of behavior. A lot of people had what you call harems, right? That was like a group of boys, right? That's what they call them, their boys, right? And they had t-shirts with their names on them, you know what I'm saying, and property of and stuff like that, right? So this guy here, uh, when you look at him, when I looked at him even today, you know, not to say that you, you know, I, I want to stereotype him or say he looks like that type of person. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just making sure that you understand for the sake of this story because this is audio not video. And if I could show you a picture of him when you look at him. You would see uh, a, 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 a boldness in his masculinity, right? And uh, But at the end of the day, he was put in a cell with this guy, one of those type of people we call a booty bandit. And he was no joke. I had heard of this guy myself back in the day, how he would manipulate guys, beat them up, get them drunk, get them high, and flat out rape them. Flat out wrinkled. And this guy was in the cell with him. He had been told by other people that he needed to move out of the cell and he was working on that to get out of that cell. Because all, you know, during the day this guy would have his harem over there all of the boys that belonged to him so to speak. They would be in and out of the cell all day. So he really couldn't. The guy that I'm talking about, Jacqueline he really couldn't um, get any peace, get any time to himself in the cell or whatever the case may be, right? But this harem, they would always be at him. You know what I'm saying? Slick calling him sister, talking to him this, this, and that. He would tell him, don't talk to me like that. Don't call me that. My name is such and such and such and such, right? And I'm holding back from calling his name because some people might be able to identify who he is, right, you know what I'm saying? And I don't want to do that because uh, it's up to him if he wants to tell people this story and put his name on his government name you know what I'm saying? That'll let him make that decision. So, anyway, they would always throw little cracks at him. You know, I see it in you, and then you know you like that D, and all this and that kind of stuff like that, right? So, he had a habit. He liked to get high, shoot dope. So, the Buddha being the guy, one day he comes in, he got some cocaine. He gets him on, well, he tells him it's cocaine anyway. But, Turns out it wasn't cocaine, it was a down. it was uh, opioid, right? So he was dragging, you know, both of them shooting dope, he got him on that dope, shooting dope. So the, the other boys come into the cell, and they try to, you know, play fight with him, roughing him up right, but they ended up tying him up. And when they tied him up, they tied him up with his belly down. He was face down on the mat, on his bunk spread his legs. Now, he's trying to scream, but they put a sock in his mouth. He really can't do anything. And check this out, Mac. Don't get it twisted. This is during the day. People are walking by the cell. They see what's going on. He said, nobody, absolutely nobody, got in the business to help him or stop it or anything, right? So, when all the other boys stepped out of the cell, the booty man, the dude, was left in there with him. He said this guy took a snicker bar that had been in the cooler. He said he took that snicker bar, and he put something on it to make it slip. He doesn't know what it was. He said he, it might have been Vaseline. He's just not sure what it was. And he slid it in his rectum all the way in until just a tip of it was still hanging out. And he's screaming the whole time, please stop, please stop. Nobody came to his aid. So then the booty banded dude took some sardines that he had opened and it, the juice in the sardines and he poured it over the dude's rectum. The whole time he's laughing. He said, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. He's talking to him. Dude is crying, begging somebody to help him, begging dude not to do this. You know what I'm saying? And he's, he said he was shaking, but dude was getting off on him and he poured the salt angels on him, he said, dude started eating the snicker bar and licking him on his rectum. Now, let me give you some perspective on that. I had always heard about that. I'd heard stories about that and basically, and, and like I said, this is not for kids, y'all. In here, that's what they call, back in the day, that's what they call penitentiary pussy, right? putting the sardines on it for whatever reason because I you know, I don't know why, but that's just that sick mindset that pouring sardines to give it a fishy smell. You know what I'm saying? These dudes in here, you you have no idea how sick they are and what they'll do to try to emulate, you know what I'm saying, what they think it is is going on with a female. So this dude is eating and licking on this man's rectum. And the whole time, the harem that belongs to them they're looking in the cell. They're watching. They're watching. Tapping on the door, talking about, get on and get him, daddy. Get him, daddy. All of this. While he's laying there, struggling to try to get up. He can't get up because his arms are tied, tight. His legs are tied, and they're spread. He cannot get up. And he's hot. He's hot. And shot him up full of that dope. So after dude finishes uh, performing, I guess what you would say, oral sex on him, then he rapes him with his penis. And while he's doing it, he's talking to him. Telling him, I know you like it. You want me to stop, say you like it. And this is what dude told me when he pulled up on me. He's telling me this story. So I'm standing there, I don't even know what to say. I didn't know how to ask a question or what, right? But he's looking at me, he knows I want to say something. So he eventually thinks that it's going to get dude to stop. So he said, I like it. And then dude said, call me daddy. And he called him daddy. But he's crying. Now dude is not looking at his face. He's got his face down in the pillow and he's going through it. Dude is in it, in and out of it. And he said it lasted for about 30 minutes and it was nothing that he could do. Nobody came to help. People walking by, the, the, the other boys was watching. People could hear him in there saying whatever he was saying. And let me tell you why he told me that is significant. Most people say, that happens to me. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do. It. And I have no doubt that that's true. I have no doubt that that's true. But what if you get manipulated and you get tricked because you have a vice, and you're high, and you can't fight, and you think that what I'm gonna do, whatever he tells me to do, to get him to stop, even if it's saying, if even if it means saying that I like it. Because that's what he told me. He said he didn't like it. He didn't enjoy it. But he said that to get him to stop. He called him daddy to get him to stop. But why that's so significant in here is because the people that were walking by listening to it, the people, the harem that was watching it, see, they all heard him saying he liked it and calling him daddy. So now the perception outside of that cell is what? He likes it. He's a boy. Now, everybody's going to see him that way. He had no idea the manipulation that was taking place. He had no idea that everybody outside that cell would see him as somebody that wanted and invited that and not somebody that was trying to get this man to stop. See, he had no idea. That's why that's important. So, dude knew when he was telling him, say this and say that to me, he was trying to get him to say that out loud so people could hear so they would know, this is my property. He belongs to me. And it weighed on him, so when dude stopped, he opened the door and let those other boys in, right? What do you think they did? They untied him, he's still high. They shot him up some more, calling him sister. That's when he got his name, Jacqueline. That's when they changed his name. That day, after he had been raped and traumatized, is when they changed his name. They took him to the shower, put him in the shower, washed him off, and they shaved every bit of hair off of his body. Not, not his hair on his head or his face. They shaved his beard, mustache, they shaved that off, but they left the hair on his head, you feel me? But they shaved the beard and the mustache, and the rest of his body that had hair on it—and I'm talking about the rest of his entire body that had hair on it—they shaved it off. shaved him clean. Shaved him clean. These other men, they shaved him clean. They gave him a pair of tight, tight shorts. This is what he's telling me. He gave him a pair of tight, tight shorts, and then he, now keep in mind he's still high. He can't resist. They put these shorts on him, tight, tight shorts. They show him how to situate. And again, like I said, this is not for kids, y'all. They show him how to situate his penis so that there's no bulge in his pants. They put makeup on him. Which back in the day was Kool-Aid, y'all. They make him up to look as feminine as they could. Then they paraded him back to the sale. And when he got back to the sale, guess what happened? There's another dude waiting on him. But this dude beat him. Beat him and made him take your clothes off and give it to him. So that's when he had to perform oral sex on him, before he raped him. And that was the process. It became one dude after the other that day, turning him out. Until what? He didn't like it until he gave up. Until he gave up. He told me that it didn't even hurt anymore. Didn't even hurt anymore. So for weeks and weeks and weeks after that. Dude prostituted him out. Until it became a situation where. He didn't, have, he didn't even have to be there. To watch him. He said something such is coming by today. Take care of that. And he did. I said, dang, I said, why don't you uh, go to the police or something or check in? So I couldn't do that. It's like, dang, I ain't really know what to say. So after that, he said, after a couple of years, it was the first time that he committed, he attempted suicide, tried to kill himself. I said, what about that on Not to dismiss what had happened to him. That's not what I was doing, y'all. But after a couple of years, you were doing this, and now all of a sudden you tried to kill kill yourself. What was going on? He got a visit. Got a visit from his parents. He went to visit, but dude wouldn't let him go to visit looking like himself. Dude made him go to visit with rouge on, on his cheeks. And his lips with lipstick on, the Kool-Aid jar, but still, you get the picture. He go to visit, and his mother sees and she starts crying, saying, what is going on with you? Now, keep in mind, when you go to visit, you got to pass by the officers. You got to get patted down by the officers. Nobody is saying anything about this. This is accepted. When he gets out there to the VG, to his family, these people don't understand this life in here. They don't understand what their son is looking like this for. And they ask him. And he said he couldn't tell them the things that had happened to him. He was ashamed. His parents got up. Tried to console him. He wouldn't have it. He wouldn't have it. He told them, don't come back anymore. Don't come back to see him. His daddy was so angry that he slapped him officers came over, escorted them out, took the visits away for a year. When he got back to the unit, he slid his wrist, trying to kill himself. Because he was so ashamed of what had happened to him and how his, his parents had seen him like that. And him, afraid to tell them, help me. He was afraid to tell them to help. So this goes on <sighs> for the next, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. The, the guy that turned him out dies. He finds him another man. He goes out and finds him another man. Why? Because everybody now sees him as a boy. Everybody. So everybody always, there's a lot of guys in here that approached him asking for it, you know what I'm saying, all of that. And that became his hustle, it became his hustle. I asked him, I said, had you ever been with a man before you got locked up? And he said, absolutely not, absolutely not. But now it became just what it is for him. Now, when he saw me When he pulled up on me, and I say literally pulled up on me to talk to me the other day, he was in a wheelchair and he wears a diaper. Why does he wear a diaper, y'all? Because he can't control his bowel movements. All of those years of being assaulted and raped, even though it had become uh, a hustle for him, I still call it that. I still call it that. Because that's not what he wanted. If that's what he wanted, that's different. But that's not what he wanted. So that's assault. That's that's rape. I looked at him and I said, look, man. I'm sorry that that happened to you. And you didn't deserve that. It's because that's not what you wanted." He looked at me. And I'm talking about, listen to me, y'all. He looked at me, and I looked him in his eyes. It was nothing there. Nothing. I didn't see him tear up. I didn't see any emotion there. It was like he was blank. But I knew it was something there because he wanted to tell this story so that people that come into the system would understand. Stay vigilant. Be aware of your surroundings. Better yet, stop doing whatever it is that you're doing that might put you in a situation to be around the type of people that would do you like that in here. Not to say, not saying that people out there won't do it, because they do, we know that. But coming in here, ain't no help. You can get no help, y'all. It's better today. I'll give you that. It's better today. But back then, boy, brutal, brutal. Just wanted to drop that on y'all for a minute and hope that you get something out of it. Again, like I say, this is not for kids. And I didn't want to tell this story in the way that I did, but he was like, if you're not going to tell it like that, don't tell it. They need to know how brutal it is, nasty it is, how raw it is. But that's it. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace, y'all.